this month we've been going over reaching the next generation. So today, Pastor Hope and I are talking about Northwest Special Needs Ministry. Now this is something that's not only close to our hearts and crucial to this church, the Church Universal as well, but there are so many families in this immediate community that this is so important for. And we want to just continue to inspire people to spread the gospel in this community amongst these families. So we're going to discuss the Northwest Special Needs Program called Northwest Unlimited. There's going to be statistics and we're going over scriptures. I'm positive that all of you have heard of special needs. So I don't want to feel like I'm speaking down to you. I know that everyone is aware of what special needs are. We know they exist, but the basis of most of our knowledge and understanding probably stops about there, unless you have someone that has special needs in your family. So we kind of want to dive into that, just show you what Christ said about it, because he was so protective over this demographic and these people, and we want to highlight this in the scriptures. And we... The world is constantly telling us to accept and adopt a lot of things that are not biblical truth. There's a lot of noise going on with our youth and a lot of things speaking to them and a lot of things that we're being told to focus on that are not the things that Jesus actually told us to focus on. This is biblical truth and we're going to show you the scriptures, but we need to speak up for those that don't have a voice. Sound good? Good. So, special needs. Who has them? Who, where are these people? Uh, I think this community is actually a lot larger than you might realize. Let's take a look. There's four major categories. I'm not going to rattle through everything under them, but I'm just going to go over the four major categories. Please read through them quickly because I am pretty sure that you're going to be uh, surprised by everything that's in them. So, the First two categories are physical special needs and developmental special needs. For some reason, Down syndrome and autism seem to get all the, all the time. There are so many other people with special needs. So these are the first two. Read them quickly. Second two, behavioral, emotional, and the sensory impaired. There's a lot of stuff on this list. This is a lot of people that we come in contact with all day, every day. So what does the Bible have to say about this? Because I, you might be thinking, I don't see autism or PTSD in the Bible. What are we basing this off of? Uh, these are just modern day issues. And that's, that's not actually accurate. The Bible speaks truth and guidance about every single situation that we are going to come across. It is timeless, it is infallible, it is all encompassing. So anything that you struggle with, I promise you, it is in the scripture. It's just if you've searched hard enough to find it and apply it. There's so much more talk about disabilities uh, than, than you guys realize. And let's look right now. Let's dive into how it's woven throughout. So before you get a car, right, you, before you've owned it, you never noticed it, right? And I know Pastor Peter's brought up this example before. It's like, I didn't own it, I didn't care about it, I never noticed this car on the road before. You get it and you're like, every third car is my car. I don't want this car anymore, everybody's got it. I don't want it. <clears throat> so today what we're hoping that, that, that this is about is that we 
are going to open your eyes to this, this world and these struggles so that you can own a part of it and that you will begin to see it in scripture and in, in the world around you. So this is our first step in owning this. Matthew 18, 10 through 14. See that you did not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, he will not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off. That sounds familiar. Just saying that today. And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. The reason I took this from Matthew is because Matthew more than likely wrote it in Greek. He was a tax collector. He dealt with the Romans who spoke Greek in this area in this time. And in Greek, the word for little ones is often used to describe someone little in stature, time, value, quantity, rank. And that tense of the word little ones is used 30 times in the New Testament. And I believe more often than not, it is primarily referring to those seen by others as of little value or significance. They're not, they're seen by others as that. And I, I love that Matthew wrote it this way. You know, Luke's, Luke, when he was recording this parable that Jesus said, his was sinners. Sinners wandered off, sinners did this, sinners did that. And Matthew, who was seen as a traitor, who was an outcast by his own people, writes it as little ones. It's very interesting to me. He says that these people seen as little in stature, Christ goes off to get them back too. Some more verses real quick. I don't have them on the screen, but I'm gonna read them to you. Proverbs 31, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Exodus 4 says, Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who has made him mute, or deaf, or seeing, or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? People with disabilities are a part of God's plan and design. They're not a mistake or just a consequence of sin. God designates these people to be this way. Thank you. This is probably my favorite verse, <clears throat> Isaiah 42. And I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know, in paths that they have not known, and I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do. I do not forsake them. cried early. We had a bet. I didn't even make it to where I said I would cry. <laughs> Whatever, you all know my father. It happens. No, I brought him. Bip. If you would like to ask the way I'm this way, please spend time with my father. He will probably cry while counseling you. <clears throat> what I love about this 
I do, these are the things I do, I do not forsake them. So many times in scripture I see not a reciprocation because God doesn't, it's not, he's not an action-based God where we have to do things to earn it. But he says, when you follow my ways, when you do this, I, this, is the, this is the reciprocation of that just living, that righteousness. This is, this is the, the consequence of you acting justly. And like, you know, so it's, if you this and then I this. But here it says, no, for these, that's the thing I do. And I do not forsake them. It's pretty specific how he said that. I'm gonna rattle off some more Bible characters real quick with special needs that you might not have noticed but now that you have these, this, looking through this lens. Look at Aaron needing to speak for his brother Moses. Look at Leah, issues with her sight all throughout her life. Jacob being injured and walking with a permanent limp the rest of his life. Stay with me on this one. Saul, in my opinion, clearly depressed and bipolar. If you have read that book, any, any scriptures, the guy's like, ah, kill him. It's like, you, you never know with this guy. It's crazy. He's all over the place. My opinion, I think he had depression and probably a little touch of bipolar in there. Uh, another example that just touches my heart is Mephibosheth, who if you don't know was, was dropped at the age of four or five by, his, by one of the servants of his house and his, his, both his feet were broken so he was crippled and from that day forward, I'm not gonna use these, Craig. From that day forward, they had no use for him and he was just an outcast until David got on the throne. David said, I just want him around me. I don't need him to do anything. I just want relationship with him. And he made him a seat at the table. It's amazing to me. Here's the point. If you want to see it, you will. If you don't want to see it, you won't. If you decide just to ignore the issues and go back to your comfortable gospel, then you can. You can read the scriptures and ignore anything you want in there. But my point is it's there and we see it. I know that we are called by God to be a voice for those who don't have one, for those who might be heard but no one cares what they say. We don't, want to be a church that says things like they're too much work. They aren't retaining or comprehending it, so what's the point? These resources could be used somewhere else for a much larger return. That is not the things I hear Christ saying. And I know that we're not that church, which is why I'm so encouraged and hope is so encouraged. Good news (laughs) is that our church has a special needs program, the unlimited program. So we are living the gospel here at this church. So be encouraged that you are planted in a church that cares and that sees these people the way that God sees them. So I'm gonna just quickly go over how we came about and what we're doing. So our program is Northwest Unlimited. We serve the unlimited team serves on Sunday mornings for special needs. And just a few things that we have started off doing to serve the families with special needs. We have buddies, coaches, and we have individual instructors. And we would love to right now 
serve much more than just these categories. But right now, we decided to look at who we already have, our family now. And we decided to step up and start serving the kids that are already here. So that's, 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 that's how Christ does things. You know, it's like, okay, who is in front of you? What task is in front of you? Do that, love them, serve them because the rest will follow. And I promise you, there's gonna be more people that come and we're going to have to have more roles. We're gonna have to have more people serve on the team. So why did we start the Unlimited program? It's close to our hearts. It started for one little boy. It was our son. We had no special needs program and our son was diagnosed with autism at two and a half. I remember feeling like, okay, the closer he got to five, he was not speaking. All he said was dugga, 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 which is jargon. And we're like, I don't know what he's saying. And I remember when he was getting ready to graduate, he was too big for nursery. So he needed to go to children's church, but all the other kids in children's church were talking and they were you know, just interacting in a way that I could see my son was not there yet. We felt it was too much to ask of our son to just put him in that environment. Even though my brother and sister are the children's church pastors, they're like, we love him, we're gonna do whatever it takes. But for him, I knew there was something that was missing in between. So God started something and it was inspired through Mark. It was inspired through his disability, inspired hope, and it inspired something that our church needed. So it started with one, and now it's a church-wide ministry and we serve other families, not knowing that there were families in the future that would benefit from Mark. And now Mark, he's in the mainstream kids church. He went on a kids encounter. He invited the Lord into his heart. But I still remember. (laughs) I still remember thinking, when he couldn't talk, what do we have for him? God, I, I believe you put us in this church for a reason. What, what do you have for my son? And God said he would provide and he's only done it time and time again in different ways. So it started long ago with Matt and Jess Wentworth. My mother ears of a special needs child perked up when I heard ABA therapist. I was like, whoa, that's like $100 an hour minimum. And I'm like, what are you? So I said, have you ever thought of having a special needs ministry here? And Matt and Jess, they arose to the challenge and they started doing individual lesson plans just for one boy, and then we started adding more kids to it. They prepared him, he started talking, he started receiving, and then there was a point where they're like, he's ready for kids' church. I did not see that when he was still five and not talking, but God provided. There's a verse in the Bible, in Galatians 6.2, it says, carry each other's burdens, And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. I remember when I dropped off Mark into the unlimited room and I felt a weight lift. I felt like God was saying, see, I told you I'd provide. That's what the unlimited program is for. 
So when families come in and they're thinking, I don't know if this church can do what it takes for my loved one, for my child, that we would say we want them, we love them, and they can feel that weight lift up because that's what we're called to do as a church. So just with the background of the Unlimited program, we had very talented people start it. And then just along the way, we had more and more people that started getting that stirring in their heart that's like, I wanna be a part of that program. I wanna be a part of that. I have giftings, I have talents. And I can see now it's for that. And then, we decided that we wanted to grow more. So we decided we got a team together and we went to a special needs conference and it was amazing. I remember walking into the very first session, not knowing what I was walking into. And I, I read the, the teacher's name, Dr. Lamar Hardwick. So I go and I sit down and he opens up with, I'm an autistic pastor and my mouth just dropped. And I was like, get out. So my eyes were like glued to him and I was literally holding back ugly cries. Like <gasps> every single story he shared, I could relate to. I saw some of Mark in him, all of his stories and struggles. And then I just felt like God gave me a piece of hope. Like one day Mark is gonna speak to others. One day his struggle will be used as a tool to win others to the Lord with his voice, with his words. And so Dr. Lamar, he went into the parable that Jared already spoke on about the shepherd leaving the 99 to go after the one. And he said, consider the one, not just to be the sinner or the one that decided to go off or fell away, Consider the one to be the one the church might have lost. Maybe the one that fell through the cracks. Maybe the one that no one took the time to see. Consider the one to be the one that we need to go find or the one that we need to make sure that we hem into the body of Christ. Right when he said that, I was like, yes, that's what I want the Unlimited program to be about. Because as a mother, I could see that Mark was kind of in the in-between. A lot of times people will tell me, and this is not like a diss or anything, but it just made me start thinking. They're like, he has autism? He doesn't look like he has autism. Or I, I, he seems totally normal to me. And I could see in some ways you're like, oh, thanks. But in other ways, I'm like, that's, that's kind of, he's just kind of falling through the cracks though. Because when you're talking to him, especially a kid that doesn't understand kids on the spectrum or that some kids, they don't read social cues like they do. So you're left with a little boy that's trying to make friends and trying to connect and it's just not happening. And no one is realizing, oh, they, they don't know how to connect right now. So he's had a very hard time making friends. One of the things that I want us to consider is that we've been discussing, there's gonna be a Northwest U class, so this is a shout out. Join Micro leading it about tough questions with your kids. I want you to consider that just because 
you think that, okay, I bring my kid to church and I think they're kind, I think they're nice, consider that you probably need to talk to them that there's people that think differently. There's people that need extra patience. There's people that need you to go out of their way to befriend them. And that it's not gonna be natural all the time. It's up to us to equip the next generation to love the way that Christ loves. We can't just depend on, oh, well, if someone like falls and they're bleeding, or if they can like see that this person is visibly struggling, but we need to equip them to see the unseen. We need to let them know it's not all about whether you're having fun or not, but are you representing Christ in a way that he says, well done, because I care about them and I want you to care about them. So that's just a challenge to parents that maybe that's a tough conversation you need to start having with your child. We believe each person is called with a unique set of skills and a calling for their life. Here's just a few examples. So Mark, yes, if you read about autism, it will say, you know, they have a hard time with the social cues, they have a hard time connecting. But one of the things, if you ask family members, Mark is very outgoing, he loves talking with people, He's drawn to the older generation. He's a very old soul too. So, and he likes like all the cartoons. So he'll have all these one-liners that is like literally like a boomer would be saying stuff like that. You're like, what is this kid saying? Okay. So he, he connects with people in a different way. And so there was one there was one Sunday where I was just thinking, man, Mark is always very outgoing. I was like, Mark, you should join the greeting team. And he was like, I should join the greeting team. And he's like, you've come to the right guy. I'm Mr. Happy. And I was like, yes. So Mark is on the greeting team and he is so much fun. He does say things that are a little uncomfortable, but... It's funny how when a child says it, adults are like, oh, I love it. If an adult said that though, they'd be like, how dare you? So with Mark, I can see God's already using him. He cuts through some awkwardness. He'll cut through people's hearts real quick. So I love that with the Unlimited program, those are the types of things we want to do. We elevate people that are seen as I don't think that would be a good job for them. Why would we put someone that has a hard time with social cues to greet people socially? We do that here. <laughs> so when you see people out there, it's because we are elevating what is important to God. Another example, Hayden is a, a, a teenage boy that we work with. And one of the models that we use is individual lesson plans with him. And we noticed that he was into music and he had like researched and looked up a, a worship song. And then we noticed when our instructors were working with him, he would have this happy tune that he would hum when he was figuring something out. And so I was like, huh, so he likes music. So I spoke to Wes, our music school instructor. Here's our shout outs, people. We partner with them. We partner with Sarah Swindell and Wes Boyce. So I spoke with Wes and I was like, hey, would you mind just coming in and playing some music? And 
we are going to try to offer music therapy to our members of the program. And he was like, okay, I'll do that. So right away, when Wes came in, he started playing very quietly because we didn't want to startle Hayden. And at first, Hayden didn't pay any attention. And Hayden will let you know if he doesn't like what you're doing. He just won't look or he'll literally like just put whatever you have down. And it's like, okay, no, I'm not interested. But Wes started playing and Hayden stopped what he was doing and looked over. And I was like, Wes, you've done it. You've done it. You cracked the code. So now Wes comes and he, he'll create more and more of a lesson and more and more of music therapy for Hayden. Wes has now been able to connect with Hayden in a way that we couldn't. We have to look though. We have to listen. If we didn't listen and look, we wouldn't know that that's something that Christ was trying to pull out of him. And I believe that God is not done with Hayden, that he's gonna use something in him to do with music. With the Northwest Dance Studio and Sarah, right when I started trying to recruit people for the Unlimited program, I was like, Sarah, I think you'd be great at this. She was so excited. She started educating herself, getting classes on how to work with special needs kids. Her and Molly started seeing more need in the dance studio. So now we're able to incorporate creative movement with the kids in our program. I love that we are elevating them and we are giving them the best of the best. We have a music school and a dance studio that takes time to pour into just one, just one kid. And sometimes you won't even see any fruit that day. You're just gonna be like, they're just, they're just there. Do they really like me? Am I annoying them? But you do it anyways until you see, okay, I'm gonna give God room to work in my gifting. Then he can show me what he can do later on. So I want to encourage you guys that even though you don't see fruit right away, and this can go with anything, not just if you know someone with special needs or know someone with a struggle, it doesn't mean that God isn't working. That's such a good piece of truth for us to pull from. And that's something that God has taught me through Mark over the years. Mark's gonna be 10 this month. And I've realized that you need to look for the small victories. You need to celebrate those small victories. You need to leave room for God to move in a big way. So one of the things that I would like to go over are some statistics. These are very saddening, but this is the truth and this is what we're dealing with. And this is a big reason why we do what we do. So let's take a look at these numbers. According to the University of Michigan, it is estimated that as many as 40% of women with disabilities experience sexual assault or physical violence in our lifetime. And the same study says that more than 90% of all people with developmental disabilities will experience sexual assault. According to the Justice Department data on sex crimes, people with intellectual disabilities, women and men, are the victims of sexual assault at rates more than seven times than those without disabilities. According to Human Rights Watch, women with disabilities are three times as likely to be physically abused or assaulted. Now, 
The sad part about those statistics as you read more and you research more is that these people are being targeted because they need someone else to take care of them. These are caregivers. People will go after them because they know that no one's gonna see. They know that a lot of people aren't around them. Or this person doesn't know how to speak up. They're not gonna know how to explain it. We need to speak up. We need to be around them. The last statistic hits home. 30% of children with disabilities are denied enrollment at local schools. Mark was at an all-autistic school way before even kindergarten at nonverbal. It was an amazing school, and he learned how to speak and write, and they taught him so much. And there was a point where they told us, okay, his time has come to where you need to go mainstream with him. He's done so well, but we can't offer him anything more because we need him to thrive socially around other peers. We were so excited. So we started looking at schools and we're like, oh my goodness, I never imagined this. So we started looking at private Christian schools. And Mark had to do aptitude tests. He had to shadow. He passed the aptitude tests. He shadowed. He had no behavioral issues. And they still said, no, we don't want your son at our school. And I said, oh, why? And they said, well, he just doesn't have a track record of being at a, a regular school. And I'm like, yeah, duh, that's what we're trying to do here. The anger that, <laughs> that came up in me, I remember telling Jared at one point, there was one school that was far away and I'm like, I'm glad it's far away because I'm gonna burn it down. <laughs> we're not gonna be able to drive past that area anymore. I'll make sure the kids are out, but. <laughs> and I will not name these schools. So Mark, here's the sad part. So Mark was so happy and he did such a good job. And he was like, is this gonna be my new school? And then we were just as shocked and disappointed and had to try to explain to him why he didn't get in. We went to the second place, private Christian school. And they, again, he passed the aptitude test, even had a lady that shadowed with him. She was like, he's the sweetest. He's gonna fit so well into this school. We're so excited. She was texting me, he passed. Oh, he's doing so well. I was like, this is it, this is the school. The teacher denied him. The teacher that he was gonna be in, she said no, because of his autism. That is not what the gospel is supposed to be. But I have encouraging news. This church is filled with resources. God has only provided time and time again. When disappointment happened, when it was another closed door, God always decided to provide through this church. And so my friend Christine called. She said, why don't you try out my school? Hampton DuBose Academy, shout out. <laughs> And they gladly accepted Mark. And he has been going there for a few years now. They are the gospel. That's the type of church we need to be. We need to be the ones that say, 
We want them, we see the importance of them. So, <clears throat> how do you fit into this, right? As far as you know, you probably aren't related to anyone with this need. How can you even have an effect on it? Well, it starts with, we need to love what Christ loves, and we need to defend what Christ defends. We've all been an outsider. We've all been rejected, overlooked. At some point, you have been the person that has seen and felt people avoid you. We have to show Christ love. We need to be empathetic. We need to be understanding. Christ bore all of our pain, all of our shame, rejection. He took the punishment and he wears the scars of the sacrifice that he made for us. We know that from the scriptures that the exchange Jesus had with Thomas, that at the very least, he, ha he still had the visible wounds on his hands and his side. And I found a very interesting scripture. Revelation chapter five, verse six says, and there between the throne and among the elders, I saw a lamb, Christ, standing, bearing the scars and wounds as though it had been slain, yet standing. So I'm hard pressed to believe that he didn't have any other visible signs of the resurrection other than just a little, little hole in his hands and his side. I mean, think about it. Did, do you picture him without any lasting signs of the torture and the injuries he just endured? To me, his body is a reflection of the sacrifice he made. That it is a visible reminder of the cost of redemption. I never understood why, why did no one recognize him? And there's a lot of speculation, it could have been late at night, they didn't, it was, dim, it was dimly lit, there was mist in the morning in the garden. There's a lot of speculation as to why he wasn't recognized by those so close to him, but had they ever seen him limp? He had nails through his, through his feet. I mean, it, I don't have any definitive proof, but it's hard for me to believe that he came back with just those the five holy you know, wounds as they're referred to. Each and every one of us can understand being undervalued and overlooked. Just imagine that it's not by your own doing or your mistakes or your decisions, that it was thrust upon you, like with those with special needs. Those who don't even understand why, why they're being left out. I can't tell you the countless times that I've heard from leaders, they say things like, how do I build a group? No one wants to come. I don't know anyone that would come to my group, and my question is, who are you asking? Here's where I thought I was gonna cry. Hope mentioned earlier that Mark struggles making friends. He's been in school for six years. He's been invited to two events, two birthday parties from his classmates in six years. And as a father, that hurts. So who are you asking? There are thousands of people that would say yes to anything if they were just invited. They don't care what it is. 
They would follow you to the ends of the earth just to be invited. But we overlook them. Maybe it's not the cool person we want to spend time with. Maybe it's not the popular one. We are sons and daughters of God. And we have so much to learn from believers with disabilities. God says that we are to come to him as children, right? So, so what does that mean? We've heard it a thousand times. That means to come to him being dependent and meek and, hu- and humble, hot, not haughty or boastful, like a child comes to their parents. And who better to show us what a life of humility looks like than those who've spent a life depending on others for everything they need? Having to ask for help for things that they see other people not needing help with. Do you know how humbling that is? I have seen this church's heart and my family has been on the receiving side of your compassion and and we're asking you to continue to look for those lives that you are called to have a great impact on. I am not proposing that we start a special needs hunt immediately after service. Okay, we're not gonna go hunt down everyone with special needs and force them into the church in our group. What I'm saying is the the statistics say that 14% of all adults have special needs. So out of every 100 people here, there's a very good chance that 14 of them are gonna be on this list and that need just someone to ask, some understanding, some empathy. So now we're gonna ask, I'm gonna ask the boy who started this all to join us. I'm, it's not gonna go well if I do anything. Mark has something he wants to tell you all. Thanks for, for supporting the Illuminate program and I want more kids like me in this church. Well, this was the official cry sermon of the month. You're welcome. Let's stand as we as we end today our, our teaching today. <clears throat> hey, Marky, would you like to say a quick prayer? Could you do that for everyone? I'll get them to all to close their eyes and then we'll pray together. Could you help me with that? All you, all you have to do is you have to just say, Jesus, thank you for your blessing on us. Let's close our eyes this morning, shall we? Jesus. Can I say it instead? I'll say it, okay. Father, we wanna thank you for the gifts that you have given us packaged in things and in ways that we don't imagine and we are here to receive them we're here to use them for your glory so I pray that you would show us where our opportunities are show us where our callings are Show us the things that we have no idea, for no eye has seen and no ear has heard what you have in store for us. We pray, Father, that you would expand this church into new fields that everyone or many have ignored and give us this deep calling within our hearts 
And as we are walking away from today, we are no longer the same. We are completely changed. We ask for your blessing in your precious son's name. And all God's people said, Amen.